one whole chapter, uh, believe it or not. Uh, we've been moving a little bit slowly uh, through the confession, uh, using that as a framework to build a systematic theology. And uh, we come to uh, chapter 4 on creation, or of creation would be often how it's stated. But Psalm 19, 1 to 3, if you have uh, one of the study guides, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. I apologize. Uh, I do not have PowerPoint this evening. Um, and uh, I'm going to be reading the, the chapter of the confession, parag- paragraph 1. In the beginning, it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness to create or make the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. Paragraph 2. After God had made all other creatures, he created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to God for which they were created, being made after the image of God in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts and power to fulfill it, yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. Besides the law, paragraph 3, written in their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which will which while they kept, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. Last week, Mr. Powers finished up chapter 3, which was speaking of the decree of God. And this flows somewhat um, logically as the decree of God. The first decree of God was that of creation. And we see God working that creation and really... If the kids want to follow along, that first point, the overview of creation. Uh, We see that the time of the creation was when? In the beginning. Good job. Yeah. In the beginning. When was the beginning? At the beginning. Uh, At the beginning of time as we know it. But as we remember, is that the beginning of God? No. God is eternal. He has always existed. And when did he make his decree? In eternity past. In eternity past, before even time began, he determined to create, but then he did create in the beginning. The beginning of Genesis 1-1 we see. But then we see the agent of creation, who is God himself, as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, And darkness covered the face of the deep. And then what? You want to know the last part of that verse? And what? And the Spirit of God was over the waters. We see God the Father. We see God the Spirit. But where's God the Son? John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. 
and without him nothing was made that was made. We see that each part of the triune God had all had a role in creation. And what was the purpose of the creation? We see in paragraph 1, to the manifestation, kind of a big word we don't use a lot, but to show or to project um, the manifestation of an image upon the screen. All of God's creation is to manifest something about him, to show or to reflect his glory. But we see it points out several different things, his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. We sing the the hymn, I sing the mighty power of God. We look and we see the vastness around us. And we're reminded of the power of God. The wisdom of God to create everything to work perfectly. The earth revolves perfectly, creating seasons. It orbits perfectly, not too hot, not too cold. God has created all of it. But even from the, the... the microscopic as well, in cells that have to open up at certain times and close, and if they didn't, they would fall apart. Yet we see the wisdom of God. But often when we look at creation, do we think about the goodness of God? The goodness of God to provide food from the land? The goodness of God to create a beautiful place for us? Now granted, we, we see creation marred by the flood to think of how beautiful this is think of how beautiful it was before the flood when it was everything was perfect there was no disharmony in creation do we see the goodness of god romans 121 says for the since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power in Godhead. His attributes are seen all throughout creation, the order and everything that takes place. But we also see the scope of creation, that it's not just the visible, but it's the visible and the invisible. Colossians 1.16, speaking of Christ, for by him all things were created and that, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible what are we speaking of when we say visible and invisible anybody here have invisible powers no that's not what we're talking about if you continue that verse it helps us know thrones or dominions principalities or powers what's it talking about there the creation of i'm sorry eric yeah the spiritual realm That God created that spiritual realm. It has not always existed. Only God himself has always existed. But notice toward the end of paragraph one, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days. We see six days in creation. There's been many attacks upon this. Saying, well, God created and he left it. And there was a gap for evolution to take place. Yet we see the fallacy of that because it would require death. And when did death enter the world? At the fall. Romans 5, 12, 4, by sin came death. You can't even make that a possibility. The day age saying, well, you know what? A day is like a thousand years unto the Lord. 
yet you see Genesis 1, and there was morning and there was evening on the first day. There was morning, there was evening on the second day. Any Hebrew reading that has no question that is speaking of a literal day. Some people try to say, well, it was a, a punctuated equilibrium. That, that God created and then six different times enters and kind of helps the evolutionary process along. And yet again, we see that death would be the problem there. Yet all of these things are because of a, a lack of uh, trusting the word of God. Last week, my family and I were blessed to go to the Ark Encounter and then to go to the Creation Museum. And um, we had posted a, a photo online. And it was a reminder because a friend of my brother-in-law's, who's a devout atheist, made some pretty derogatory comments. And it reminded me that we have an opposite worldview, that sometimes maybe we live in a bubble, that sometimes we forget about those things. He went as far to say that to teach creationism is child abuse. And yet we see that God is a good creator. He is the only answer for mankind. He is the only answer for the understanding of our moral capabilities as well. But notice the outcome of creation at the end of paragraph 1. On the sixth day, and God saw all that he made and he said it was very good. I was reading someone's... Uh, critique about the ark encounter and somebody said really god that's the only word that god could come up with that it was very good as if god didn't have his whole vocabulary yet we see the beauty and the contrast because day one it was good day two good and at the end after man was made it was very good deuteronomy 32 verse 4 says he is the rock speaking of god his work is perfect and we've seen in the decree of God, all his ways are perfect. They're good. But it's as if all of God's creation kind of came to this pinnacle when it came to mankind, because mankind was created a little bit differently. God creates them, as paragraph 2 says, male and female. Well, he has done that in all of creation. And it's a reminder that in Genesis, we see the foundation that God has created Two genders, we're binary, we're one or the other. There is no other choice. But he's also given us a soul. And this is where he breathes into us a soul that is different than any other of his creation. The confession says a reasonable and an immortal. Immortal meaning that there is something within us that extends forever, that it cannot die. Upon our death, though our, our flesh is destroyed, as Job says, yet with my eyes I shall see God. He remembers that he continues to live on. We see that God has made us with a reasonable soul as well. But we're made in the image of God. We were put together in his image the confession states, how are we made in his image? With knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Um, I've always uh, heard it stated uh, that, that we have a mind, intellect, and will. 
Because does God the Father have a physical body or God the Spirit have a physical body? No. So in what ways are we made in his image? I think it's important to notice. Sometimes it speaks of being made in God's image and sometimes it says being made in God's likeness. It's a synonym. It's not trying to point out two different aspects. It's just using different words to teach the exact same thing. We are personal. We are moral. We have intelligence. Being made in the image of God is our identity. Here's a question for you. As fallen mankind, do we still contain or maintain the image of God in us? In fallen mankind, do we still maintain the image of God? And I think sometimes maybe our first answer is, well, no, because we're fallen. Yet I would argue that we still contain it, yet it's a marred image of God. We are not a perfect replica anymore. We are imperfect, but yet we still contain that which is like God, yet in imperfect states. And then we see that God created mankind different from all of other creation, having written his law on our hearts. It's interesting just to, to think about how we've, we've seen, we've talked about that, how God has written it upon our hearts. We have that innate sense or that moral law written upon our hearts is when we were looking at the Sabbath. Romans 1, we saw that, but later in Romans 1, verse 32, we see, speaking of mankind, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, they understand it. We all do. Whether we suppress the truth and unrighteousness or not. Romans 1, 20, the, the visible attributes and invisible are clearly seen, so that we are without excuse. We all know it, whether we like to admit it or not. Even as we... Think about Ken Ham and, and Bill Nye, the debate that they had, and that still kind of continues on, and, and Bill Nye continues to just attack. But in him, just like all of us, is written the knowledge of God. The reason we suppress that truth is because we don't want to be accountable to a God. If I just suppress it, I don't have to be accountable. I can live my life however I want. But God has created all mankind with his law written upon our heart. And notice what he's, we understand that God created Adam and Eve with the power to fulfill it. And yet, the ability to sin. That God gave the liberty to their will, a free will, the ability to sin. And that will, at the end of paragraph 2, says subject to change. And what that means is, we are no longer born that way. We are born in Adam, and so we are stained with sin. We, we are born from infancy, and even as uh, David says, in my, I was brought forth in iniquity, that in our, in our mother's womb we had sin. <clears throat> but notice paragraph 2 speaks about the law of God written upon their hearts, but then as we are looking at the, at the Sabbath, Though it's written on their hearts, he gave them a command, 
a positive command. What was that positive command? That they could not eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And while they kept it, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. It's an interesting thing to think about that that Adam had perfect dominion over the creatures. He no longer, he he didn't have to try to wrangle them up. He had perfect dominion. They did not fight back against him. Those of you who are farmers, I'm sure would love it if your your flocks or herds just perfectly obeyed you, right? Didn't go charging through the fences, but, but we no longer have that perfect dominion. And not just a perfect dominion, they had perfect communion with God. As Adam and Eve walked in the garden, they enjoyed perfect fellowship with God. That beautiful promise that they had, that as long as they obeyed. Just thinking of how God has, though we are marred image bearers, our image is intricately or intrinsically connected to who God is because we reflect his glory. There's a a personal relationship there that we have that all of creation does not have. That we are not just some lowly creation, but we are the height of his creation, who he loves. Jesus pointed that out. Does not the father care for two sparrows? How much more does he care for us? In God's creation, he cares for us in ways that often we probably don't even notice. But his goodness is around us everywhere in creation, even when it's a little hot for our liking or a little cold for our liking or whatever it may be. It's his good gift to us to enjoy this earth that he's given us until he returns. Sometimes we... We may think that creation is just a little elementary doctrine. Oh, yeah, I, I got that figured out. Yet it's under attack every day. From the beginning of Genesis 1 on, what did the serpent say in Genesis 3? Did God really say? To cause us to, to question God's word. Did he really create this world? Coming up in September, uh, we're going to be showing here the uh, Is Genesis History documentary. And I encourage you just to uh, kind of mark that on your calendar. Uh, Paul's not here, but I think he may be on a honeymoon, so we'll give him the the night off. But um, but encourage you to, if you've not seen it or even if you have seen it, come and and plan to watch that as we're reminded of the beautiful uh, creation that God has made and the, the history that it is. Let's pray as we uh, kind of prepare for our time in prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your beautiful creation. Lord, as we are blessed with the ability to travel or see pictures of the, the various places of, of your creation, Lord, we stand in awe. We stand in awe with the the infinitely small creation. And as we look out to the stars and understand how vast all of uh, the the galaxies are, Lord, I, I stand humbled that you 
that you would know the, the number of hairs upon my head, that you would have all of my ways ordered, Lord, that all of my days are numbered. And that's true of each one of us here. Lord, that the, the heavens are proclaiming your wonders, and may we as your creation proclaim your wonders as well. As you have created us unique from all of creation, as we are your image bearers, Lord, help us to reflect you properly, to show your glory, to show your character. But Lord, we confess we can't do that in our own strength. We need your enabling. So Lord, help us for your praise. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As we uh, turn to our time of prayer, uh, anything that we could be praying for one another about?